Hello and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast, and I'm your host, Draw Play Dave. We're sorry about the uh, delay between episodes. I just wanted to say that um, we've started, me and my wife have started the house buying process, and it is a stress nightmare of epic proportions where it's our first time buying a house uh, for something that's so embroiled with paperwork and bureaucracy it moves ridiculously fast and it it just adds a lot of headaches and there were multiple times the last couple past two weeks where i was just like i i don't want to do anything except sit here i literally had to take a break take off work yesterday and just do nothing but sleep and play video games just to like mentally and physically recover from everything. Also went to a bachelor party on the East Coast, but I'm sure we could talk about that later. We should probably get to the draft, and let me introduce my co-host. A better pick at number six than Daniel Jones, Sam Kresge. Jeez, yeah. Uh, do you want to just get right into that? We may as well. This is our this is our post-draft podcast, so we may as well just get straight into just fun. Honestly, maybe we should wait for a little bit and talk about things kind of in order oh sure yeah but this is i will say this is the first year i haven't paid as much attention to the draft because every year if you follow me you'll know i I do the the draft cards and i didn't do them this year primarily because of the bachelor party that i had scheduled months ago because my friend is just like oh yeah i'll make it during draft weekend that that won't fuck you over Uh. it's but had that happen so i didn't i didn't bother reading a lot of mock drafts to try and get picks to draw or anything so my attention was just not really there i know very little about these players where they were expected to go who was high grades anything like that i like the knowledge just wasn't there this year i i watched the first round off a stream in a basement at the airbnb we were staying at and basically half paid attention to it because i was drunk so we're just going to kind of go with this. I'm going to have to rely on your information, but I think we should start with a pretty obvious point that was hard to miss, and that was the first overall pick being Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they actually did it. Yeah, yeah. I We had talked about this earlier, and y- you know me. I'm, I'm always the one who's like, give a – you can't blame a rookie quarterback that much. You know, it, it seems very clear. Josh Rosen said as much as that, like, as soon as the Cardinals took Kyler Murray, they were like, yeah, they had to trade me because if they didn't, they'd be admitting they made two mistakes and like, like in two consecutive years. Right. Yeah. So, so like two things. One, I get like, I get why they did it. Um, but I also don't. I don't know. This is, this is such a this is a crazy situation because you can kind of see both sides of the argument very clearly, and there is not an answer. This right. Is, this is a hell of a gamble. This is basically the sunk cost fallacy argument. Basically, the right. classic argument is if you pay for a movie and you go in and the movie is just absolutely atrocious, do you stick out and get your money's worth, so to say? Or you just admit that you wasted your money and walk out halfway through. Mm-hmm. People are going to have different responses to that question. I'm a stick it out person. Right. See if, um, see if it gets better. If it was just a bad 30 minutes and then, you know, the rest of the movie is going to be better. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely other people who are like, I don't want my, t- my time is valuable. I'm not going to spend this. And that's basically the situation Josh Rosen and the Cardinals found themselves mm-hmm. in. Last year, Steve Keim, the GM, hired Steve Wilkes, uh, the coach, who proceeded to be probably the worst coach in the NFL last year. Almost he almost looked, definitely. He looked so lost, just so utterly lost. And I'm very much normally a you-gotta-give-a-coach-three-years kind of person. I don't like taking hiring someone in a coach position and then firing them immediately because that's how you end up as a franchise that's constantly circling the drain that's how, that you cannot build a culture you cannot build consistency you cannot like implement a vision 
when you're constantly exchanging the parts that guide that vision. Right. It does not work. But at the same time, like, if you saddle yourself for three years to someone who ends up sucking, that's three years of the franchise that have gone down the tubes. Again, it's... It is not a... There is not a clear answer here whatsoever, but I was generally in favor of the Cardinals moving on from Steve Wilkes because he just did not... He didn't look like he was going to be ready next year or the year after that. He looked pathetically lost. It wasn't just because of a roster problem. He, like, he inherited an okay roster yeah. that performed reasonably well under Bruce Arians. Yep, that's true. It should not have been as bad as it was. No, and you can't... Again, I don't think you can put all that on Josh, Josh Rosen either. The thing that I think really, really complicates this, and I was actually talking with Ray about this. We'll get into this later, but the whole Daniel Jones thing and then um, Dwayne Haskins being picked, you know, at 15th overall. Uh, the, the, the problem with this draft is that not only are there not a lot of, like, really good quarterbacks in the draft – um, but at the same time, there aren't many teams that have a first round quarterback need, right? Above and beyond, you know, folks that like, like there are not many teams here that need a quarterback enough that they would be willing to pass on a like stud O-lineman, right? So yeah. even, even if, like, even if the Cardinals wanted to keep Josh Rosen, like, who who do they use that number one pick on, and who do they trade it to if they don't want to use it, right? Like, who would – do you think the Giants would be – would, like, part with anything great to move up from either Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins to Kyler Murray? Like, do you think they'd be able to get anything – great for that pick i i I don't think so like i don't think that no they're like it it wasn't um, a seller's market here right it it wasn't like the cardinals kind of i mean it kind of was and the cardinals fucked it up Uh, okay okay go go into that i'm not sure i why 100 like josh rosen is an extremely rare situation where a top 10 prospect and honestly last year i think people would agree that he even fell a little bit in the draft to number 10 the cardinals drafted up to get him at number 10 but i think a lot of people were expecting him to go in like the top five josh rosen like how often do you have a chance to get a top 10 prospect because the team has decided to move on after one season. So you basically have a top prospect for um, I like less than what you'd have to give up for a draft for him. Right. And he's got a year of experience under his belt. Right. Right. Like it's very rare that you could find a situation where a a player like that is available. Like they wouldn't have had team I wanted I personally wanted the Giants to draft um, Josh Allen, the defensive Josh Allen, Black right. Allen, yes, yes, at number six, and trade our seventeenth pick that we got from the Browns for Rosen. Sure, like that's what yep. that's what I personally wanted to do. Like the thing is, but the Cardinals basically had the first pick in the draft, so they didn't have to worry about anyone. They knew who their guy was going to be pretty much straight away. Like the fact that they went with Kyler Murray shows me that like all this other crap was just bullshit smoke screens. Right. Yep. Yeah, from the start. So they could have gotten more for Rosen than they did. Yeah, almost definitely. Almost definitely. Because it was like, it was, there was all this shit like super last minute that came out like the day of the draft. That it was like, oh, like Rosen didn't know until like five minutes beforehand. I don't even know if the Cardinals I I read that, um, I don't know how true it is. Obviously this is all the draft sources. So there's a right. lot of smoke yeah. screens and fake information out there. And nobody's going to say we didn't get our guy or we didn't do the things because no one's going to say what didn't happen that they wanted to happen of course. in the draft. But like I, I read that the Cardinals didn't even potentially start shopping Rosen until like the draft was almost starting. Yeah, they had been Which refusing is... calls. Like, that was, no, that was news 
from like like a week before the draft. Everyone was like, they have the number one pick. Are they going to take Kyler Murray? And and the Cardinals brass was all like, no, he's we're not shopping him. Like he is no, off like, off the like, board. Like there's no risk of you losing that pick unless you exactly trade it. Yeah, there's what no what do you what did they think no, was going to happen? There's no risk of them losing Kyler Murray. They had the first pick. There was zero risk that they would lose Kyler Murray. So trade Rosen while his stock is higher. Exactly. Before people get, think that you're yeah. Get some of those picks that you traded for him last year back and then you have a longer period of time to sort of plan out your draft even further because now you've got some extra stuff to work with. Another team is happy mm-hmm. and you still get your guy Kyler right at the top. Like the Cardinals fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's yeah. any way we could say that like even if Kyler Murray ends up being the solution and Cliff Kingsbury ends up being a good coach and this gamble works, they still fuck this up. They could have yes. had it better. Yes, they could. They absolutely could have. I, I also, but like, I do want to loop back to what we said earlier is I don't know if there's a right. There was definitely a more right way to do it than they did it. They Than they did. They left money on the table with, with, as soon Treating as they Josh drafted Rosen. Kyler, it's just like, oh, well, now Josh Rosen is going to be traded. Right. And teams could kind of work them down because there was no way they were going to keep him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what I think Miami did. Miami was pretty QB needy, and they did not give up nearly that much to take him. Like, they got a top 10 prospect with a year of NFL experience under his belt for not a top 10 pick. And... That's that's stupid. Yep. It 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 very much is. It very much is. I again, I don't hate like I don't hate the pick. I don't hate that they're moving on with Josh Rosen, but like if that it there there was a right way to do that and they they didn't capitalize for sure. So, better or worse, the Cardinals are now tied to Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and the GM is going to sink or swim with this pick. Like, yep. I don't, I think Steve Kime is a bad general manager and I think he's been a bad general manager for a while. His basically biggest draft hits were David Johnson and, uh, the, the honey badger. One of those is gone and the other one's still there, but is stuck on a bad team. He's made terrible coaching hires and stuff like it's, mm-hmm. he's not good, but this is it. If this works out, then he's a good GM. If it doesn't, then he's not. And he's fired. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah. I I don't, I don't, I mean, and what do you think? Like, I don't, I don't see this team as set up for success because of that. Right. We've seen teams in the same situation before they move on. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a team, uh, like move on from a rookie quarterback. Like this used to be the Browns thing is they would like draft a quarterback every other year. Uh, and then, like, use their first pick on another quarterback. Like, and that's why that's why they were in the toilet for so long. Now they're good because they kind of broke that cycle a little bit. By, they finally got a good quarterback. Well, by, well but they also, Probably. like, that's not the, Again, like, that's not the it's, point. It's they, been a season, so. They built a team, though, right? Like, they, they yeah. built an entire team. They didn't just, like, they didn't just put all their hopes on a quarterback to fix the problem, right? They had been slowly building this, like, this core of, like, young talent, um, like, over time, even before they got Baker Mayfield, right? Like, they they had these, we talked about these players who, like, on paper seem really cool and exciting and great and fun. And then when you get the quarterback, that can kind of bring everything together. It's not... It's never going to be a like drafting a great rookie quarterback is never going to be a fix all. It's it's going to be it, the best thing you can hope for is that your quarterback brings together the talent that you already have and makes makes it shine in a way that it hasn't before, right? 
Yeah. And I don't I don't see the Cardinals – I, I see the Cardinals falling into the trap of like, okay, let's appease our fans by getting a flashy quarterback and and going all in that way. I, I give Kyler Murray two years, two like bad years. And it, again, this is like fucking no one knows, right? No one knows. You can't, you can't judge a draft until what? Three years out is, is your rule. I, I think that, I think that's the statement like three years out because one year in the NFL doesn't mean shit. No. Peyton Hillis, Peyton Hillis, one year being good in the NFL does not mean shit. Mm-hmm. Two years of varying qualities like maybe you get a player who's really good and then really bad or really bad and then really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no three years is basically where like the pattern is generally established and understood right so three years you can kind of get a sense of if these players that they were picked are going to play a larger role or they're never going to rise above role players or they're going to matter to the team in the long run i i would still say three years Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm but I mean, so having having said that, I I don't trust the Cardinals enough to build a team around Kyler Murray and give Kyler Murray the time to shine. So I see him going in two years to like a like the Packers or something, or like I don't know some some team who wants to like in a year or two replace an aging quarterback, like do that. Yeah. And then and I, then and then he I fucking finds it. He, then there's a team that is already built that he doesn't have to build himself. We talk about this every single draft and it frustrates me every single time. Absolutely. I I'm excited to see what Kyler Murray can do. Whatever the case is, he's a fun watch. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Cardinals are set up to have much success over the next few years. The 49ers have positioned themselves far better to rise up right um the rams are currently one of the toasts of the nfc Uh and the seahawks are still annoyingly good right yeah yeah there's Uh. there's not i the cardinals still have a very large uphill battle but maybe in a couple years if they start building around murray um they can kind of pull away with the seahawks probably still happening kind of decline Mm mm-hmm Maybe the Rams falling victory to salary cap budget issues and injuries and like some of these players moving on. And maybe the 49ers, I don't know, being dumb. The 49ers could be dumb. They've, they've shown they could be dumb. Maybe Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo doesn't live. I don't know. It's The Cardinals are finally interesting. It's, they were completely bland and dull last year. It, I legitimately forgot they had the number one pick yep. for Same. Like two months. Same. I was just like, who is the worst in the NFL? Uh, oh, I guess it's the Cardinals. That was basically my reaction to that. Mm-hmm. So at least they'll be entertaining this year. Yeah. We'll, we'll see some crazy dumb shit. Yes, I, I agree. And I, again, I, I wish him all the best. I hope Kyler Murray finds success. I just, I don't, I don't trust him. I don't either. We can move down a little bit. The next two picks were pretty pretty expected yeah boza and quinn and williams um the first head scratcher was the raiders and i again as someone who didn't follow the draft i didn't know why this pick was crazy because Mm -hmm. i didn't know any of the players but i saw the reactions and i was like oh okay so this is a reach yeah basically the raiders were like we're drafting clellan farrell and they showed a raiders fan like huh (laughs) yeah by all accounts, it seems like the Raiders did not have a good draft. Nope. No. No. Everyone's kind of mad, it seems like, about that. As, I mean... There were there were other, there were other DEs, way. right? Like, there were other DEs on the board that, like... Yeah, Nick Bosa was going to go one, two, or three, but, like... Josh Allen, Black Allen. Yeah. He was, he was there. Josh was on the board. I, I mean, I guess it's, it's something... It's a DE from Clemson. Like, I I don't think he like he was still given like first ground 
great. He just it's one of those players that you expect to go mid like or late the teens or the yeah. 20s yeah and he's getting drafted fourth overall like eh, this is always know, maybe if they they just really like the guy they the, just well, really wanted him if there's okay. if there's one thing you know about john gruden right he probably made that decision more or less unilaterally right like yep. watch the tape and was like yeah i like this guy and then they drafted him so i don't he know really like grinds my gruden's yep yep <laughs> I do think it's hilarious that they pretty much fired their entire uh, scouting staff. Yeah, like yep. a week before the draft. You so don't need them. Do what? Yeah, so they could do what? Keep this pick a secret? Yep. Yep. Nobody was going to draft him over them. Like, no, <laughs> there was no risk of somebody jumping up to pick three so that they could draft Clellan Farrell. That wasn't happening. I, so, I think I think we run into this draft season a lot and i i think it's i think it's tough for us to to be in that mindset but i i have to assume that in every draft war room um just literally because everything else is secret like and you don't know who who anyone else is going to take uh you can wind yourself up and think that you are a brain genius and and like once you find something if you talk around stuff too much right you end up becoming stupider and stupider right like oh yeah we could take we could take uh we could take josh allen but what if someone takes josh allen beforehand let's look at other people down the board oh yeah, uh, uh, and Farrell, he looks great. Why don't we, why don't we get him? Cause, cause if Josh Allen's off the board, then we're, then we're fine. And, and we're all, we're all set. We can't let anyone know about this brilliant plan. And it's like, no, you, I feel like you end up playing yourself when you're in a war room with, you know, the same people with access to limited information. If you have too much time to think about that kind of shit. Yeah. You end up planning yourself. Like there's there's a lot of situations where it, it seems like if the NFL GMs went by gut instinct, they'd do better. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of situations, it's just like, why wouldn't they just pick that guy? Right. Like every like everybody thinks that guy is better, but there's there's definitely a case where like these this preparation that goes into the draft, the time and the energy that just goes into it. It's absolutely possible to just think yourself in circles. You can see it in draft experts. Like yeah, yes, you can. Drafts and stuff. Like when when the when the college season ends and the NFL season ends and we first start getting like the the first serious mock drafts going on. You see like a pretty standardized situation and then then all the picks start getting weird and mixed up as like they're trying to like think too hard and the combine comes around and all the orders get really switched up and eventually the mock drafts just kind of go back to where they were originally in a general sense like some players will have obviously improved their stock thanks to the combine some players will have fallen Mm -hmm. but like the second wave of mock drafts is always probably the most useless one yeah that's what people are all right there's still too much time left um well, maybe they'll go this way, and uh, they start throwing weird ideas at the wall, and and we get dumb shit. It's it's completely so, reactionary too, right? Like that's yeah. that's the thing is that is that you see a mock draft, and then you're like, oh, well, I, they all said this, so I should go in a different direction, or like they had a really good idea let me latch on to that it's it's an extension of the story becoming the story thing that that we like to talk it, about it is yeah it's the all me- powerful media machine yeah yeah but i got to say none of them predicted the next bullshit pick oh god anyone who's followed me for a long time is essentially witnessing my descent into madness Nobody, Daniel Jones, quarterback Duke, number six overall. We ba- he basically just looks like younger version of Eli. He really does. It's same stupid I, face. Oh my god! 
as soon as the pick happened, I had legions of people on Twitter tweeting me, dude, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's just like, I wanted, I wanted Josh Allen and then trade for Rosen or I wanted Dwayne Haskins. Right. Right. And then, and then they picked Daniel Jones. So, so that I was about to ask, like, what would you, what would you rather have? And the answer is Dwayne Haskins. It's like, I don't, so I have, I am, I am privileged in this conversation in that I, you, I know both of these quarterbacks because I've seen both of them beat the fuck out of my Northwestern Wildcats, right? Like Daniel Jones picked, picked. Uh, Northwestern. Sec- Wait, Daniel Jones beat Northwestern. Daniel Jones did beat Northwestern. Uh, oh, I'm suddenly a little bit more okay with this pick now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's cool. Uh, I so yeah, but but like, if you want one of these quarterbacks that beat North, why do you go with? Well, okay, why do you go with Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins, who had a better career, had better stats? Yeah, he had a better team but like at the same time he had, he had a good senior bowl sam uh, uh, uh no he had a good senior bowl no okay? no i hate this i hate this the w- i read an article and it was the biggest um like indictment of daniel jones that i had seen is that the reason people were so high on him um was that he like was coached oh shit who was he coached uh yeah yeah um i can't i can't fucking remember uh it was some sort of like quarterback whisperer who worked with with the mannings um oh yeah that's i read that too it was just like i think one of the reasons why they were okay with him was because there was a some sort of relationship somehow to eli yeah, I'm and I'm uh I'm trying to remember who that guy was. And it wasn't even like he wasn't really coached by him. He just has a relationship with this guy. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to look this up. Ugh. It's Ugh. there was no reason to pick Daniel Jones. It's it's hilarious that basically 2 years now David Gettleman has made a pick that he's basically then had to go on a press tour defending right afterward. Right. Last year it was Saquon Barkley which became controversial because, well, it wasn't a quarterback, which, you know, I thought was a pretty interesting debate. I I was just like, I like Saquon Barkley. I didn't, I thought the people saying that the Giants were stupid because they picked him instead of a quarterback were overblowing it. Obviously, I still had faith in David Gettleman at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't anymore. Right. <laughs> and... Now, like, he has to go on record. Everyone is dunking on the Giants for this. Rightfully so. Everyone is laughing at the Giants because it's another case. Like, you skipped out on all the top 10 prospects last year. Last year, you could have had Josh Rosen. You could have had Josh Rosen this year. Yep. Yeah, he could have. Easily he could have. You could have had Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. You could have had Josh Allen. You could have had Lamar Jackson. One of those prospects... I think all of those prospects graded arguably higher than Daniel Jones did in a lot of people's minds. So you skipped the quarterback last year to grab the generational amazing stud running back. You know what? At the time, it's questionable, but acceptable. This year, it makes that decision look even worse. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because Because you're not consistent. This year, I would have been more comfortable just like having another year of Manning and then drafting like Justin Herbert or Tua or someone next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Ugh. It, it's, it's, by the way, I was wrong. Uh, so get ready, get ready for a fucking journey. Okay. The reason that everyone okay. was so fucking hot on Daniel Jones was because the current coach of Duke is David Cutcliffe, who was Peyton Manning's OC at Tennessee and Eli Manning's head coach when Eli Manning was at Ole Miss. So that's it. That's it. Keep in mind, keep in mind, neither of those teams particularly great at the time of, of their, their, their playing. I don't think either of those teams won uh, 
any kind of national championship honors, uh, even though the playoff wasn't around. Like, you know, no, they both. I don't. I don't. I think Peyton's volunteers kind of sniffed being close. Yeah. To but always came up short in a couple of key games, so they never really got a like a reasonable important bowl. But I I didn't. I don't follow it. Someone can correct me, but I I know he hasn't won any national championships. David and David Cutcliffe as a coach has only really come into his own like the past couple of years, turning around a consistently awful Duke team. Into, into a consistently mediocre Duke team. Well, and yeah, a consistently mediocre Duke team who can like who can spoil seasons for like yeah like for Big Ten for like out of conference opponents. That's what that team is built to do right now. None of that basically just ruined some days. Exactly. None of this is none of this is a reason to draft Daniel Jones. By the way, no, none of it is. I I don't. No, it, I've I've seen like his ceiling is Eli Manning, but he has a weaker arm. Jeez, uh, uh, it's not great. No, it's not no, great. But not a good he's pick. Gonna, unless we pull a Cardinals, he's our quarterback of the future. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that sucks. It's, it's uh, fucking terrible. And then in later on in the first, we drafted the nose tackle mm-hmm. out of uh, Clemson, who so it's like. That was, like, one position we didn't need. Like, we needed a pass rusher or mm-hmm. maybe another O-lineman or maybe a wide receiver now because now wide receiver is a fucking hole. Right. Or, like, just or some more cornerbacks. But, no, we took a nose tackle. When we have Dalvin Tomlinson and B.J. Hill, who was last year's uh, DT pick, who did relatively okay. But, you know, like, hog mollies. <sighs> and then we traded back up into the third round for a third first-round pick, and we we picked a cornerback, which we actually needed, and most people seem to agree was actually a good pick. Sure. Gettleman's draft last year was pretty good, all in all things, all things considered, all in all other uh, catchphrases to mean the same thing. So, it... it I don't think Daniel Jones basically has to turn into a top 10 quarterback for this draft to not be considered a laughable joke. Right. Yeah. It's the highest pick. It's the most important position. It has to work out or everything's. It it really is the only pick that mattered, right? Like that's the thing. I I am 100% convinced that David Gettleman is destroyed and blew up this team. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's not going to make it through the rebuild. Right. So we're just going to end up being fucking bad even longer. Because everything he's done has been backwards and old and probably not going to work. And then he's just going to get fired and they're going to have the turmoil of everything. I feel so bad for Pat Shermer because I I think he's a pretty decent coach. And now he's stuck in this garbage situation being handed Daniel Jones instead of like Dwayne Haskins or something better Josh Rosen like come on you fucks Ugh. it is not it is not great that and that, that's the other thing it's like it doesn't like it doesn't fucking matter if you draft smart you're supposed to like they've said that they were and like they weren't they weren't cute about it we knew the Giants were going to get a quarterback. We knew that this was the draft that the Giants had like pegged, like you know, we're going to draft a quarterback to like keep in our pocket for however long Eli Manning decides to stick around, like, and and that's it, right? Like it's going to be this yeah. year. So I don't know. I mean, I don't. I I. It, it's not it's just it's not great i i think if it were me if it were me i would have waited i i like like you were saying i would have fucking waited i would i would have gotten they've already more or less committed to another year of eli right which is something another a bunch of people are already kind of stunned about but they they've committed to another year of eli if like there's there's a lot of speculation that jones won't even see the field this year Mm -hmm. 
and which I honestly think would be kind of a mistake. You got to trot him out there at least once in a while, right? Like you got you got to see something. But uh yeah, is what's the freaking point? I yeah, right, exactly. Just, just like wait, there's just better wait. prospects coming out next year most likely. Wait. There See what are, you can get next year. There and there are better prospects that are going to be ready to like that look starter ready next year, right? Like there are prospects next year that like a Baker Mayfield. People won't be like people like me, sports wonks like me, won't be like, oh, you got to give them time. Like I don't think so. You know what no. I mean? It, I. You're gonna be patient anyway. Why not? Like fucking. NFL teams don't even know how to it's, tank right. Like it's 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 really bad. It's wrong. The Giants are a laughing stock. They deserve it. Ugh, ugh. I don't even think anything else particularly interesting happened after that in the draft. To be fair, after the Giants did that, I kind of just gave up watching. Well, other than other than uh the Dwayne Haskins pick, which like I was initially mad about because I was like Dwayne Haskins is I, I thought very clearly the second best quarterback in the draft. But then I was like, oh, there are only three real first round quarterbacks in this draft. Like, why did, you know, because it's, it's, yeah. al- there's always, you know, there's always a, uh, and it's always a black quarterback. There's always a black quarterback that drops, like, that's draft stock drops like a day before the draft, right? And, yeah. and there were, Conversations it happened to Geno Smith. It happened yep. to Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, it happened to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. And now yeah. It happened to um, what's his face? Dwayne uh, Dwayne Haskins. But this Dwayne, year, this year, Dwayne I mean, this year it's different because because of the need factor, right? There's one team in the Giants who like it was one or the other, and then the other was going to go to the Redskins. So like that, that's just kind of the way it was. Um, but still, still sucks. Uh, I want to talk about the new hotness, though. What is that new hotness? On the Philadelphia Eagles, drafted, I believe, in the sixth round. Hold on one second. Uh, Fifth round, with the 167th overall pick, a young quarterback out of Northwestern named Clayton Thorson. Now a Philadelphia Eagle, so uh, be ready for your weekly Thorson Eagles update from me when the season starts. That's going to be fun. Clayton Thorson. Yeah, uh, by all accounts, he's well. Not by all accounts, he was a lot. He was a better quarterback for us than Trevor Simeon was. So we'll see how that plays out. Well, I mean, he'll get playing time when Carson Wentz inevitably dies this year. Yeah. So yeah, gonna happen for sure. We get to make more uh, fart jokes. Yep. Clayton Thorson. That's a white It guy. is a... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a white people name. Are you fucking kidding me? That is... That is... That is... That, that's definitely up there against, like, Dan Jones as one of the whitest person names mm-hmm. in this draft. Mm-hmm. Clayton Thorson. Yep. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> uh, okay. I guess that's kind of it for draft. I don't really have any other opinions. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of, like, it, it, it was not, I mean, offensively, let, let me put it this way. Offensively, it wasn't a very exciting draft. There were a lot of great defenders, like defenders, to come out of this draft. But, like, a tight end from Iowa got picked in the first round, right? Uh, you know, that's that's all you need to it's really all you need to know. I, I don't. Real, real, two. I'm sorry. Real two. Real there was T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Noah Fant. Noah Fant and T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, I guess the Broncos actually took their quarterback in the second round with Drew Locke. Yeah. Who I, who I think before the draft happened, I thought him and Daniel Jones were the same person. Yeah. They're probably gonna end up the same way. There, there was right? Dwayne Haskins. Journeyman. Uh, Kyler Murray and the other guy with a D name. Yep. <laughs> that's that's how I knew the quarterback prospects this year. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when we drafted Daniel Jones, I'm like, oh man, we drafted the guy with the D name. And then the Broncos drafted Drew Locke. And I was just like, there, wait, 
There was two of there them? Was two, there's two of them. Okay. Whatever. I hope he I hope he uh, does well so that we can have, like, he stealing Flacco's job. That's a lock. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited for the headlines mm-hmm. if Drew Locke turns into a good player. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um... I, so I wanted to. I don't want to get too, um, too, like, depressing. Are we about to talk about the player that I think we're about to talk about? D- who's? I, I hate that everyone's acting surprised. Yeah. We knew that. We knew this. We knew this. We, knew we talked about this two head. years ago. We knew this. Like the smartest people in any discussion about him we're always just like yes he's very good also don't forget he punched his pregnant girlfriend yeah that is a thing that happened it is a thing that and happened people and... would be like well that was college he's become a better man now i mean if you punch your pregnant girlfriend being a better man that's a low it's a super fucking low bar and we didn't even know that like what we talked about on the podcast with that whole shit was like he he dealt with it in the way that the NFL wanted him to, which was like, yes, I've made mistakes in the past. I'm just going to put my head down and focus on football. And that's all yep. – that's apparently all you need to do. You 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 serve your suspension. You do that and then and then that's it and, and, and fans forget. There's, there's a lot of uh, reading if you're, if you're at all like – if you get as heated up about this shit as as I do, uh, there are a lot of great articles um, on Deadspin about how like ways to actually fix this. And surprise, it's not with suspensions, and it's not with it's not by listening to Mike Florio, who's like the NFL needs to work with law enforcement and the nfl needs to be literally the police florio's been bonkers I, right since this story broke like i've been i i follow the pro football talk twitter account mostly for news and like ever since that happened like he's gotten like surprisingly bonkers about it like he's yeah. like every other tweet is about just like really angry just like how how is he still a chief like I'm like yes but slow your roll it's not that simple Mm -hmm. right exactly i that's 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 the thing is like i going back to like ray rice and and before this isn't like a new issue you know now this it's always been there it's just you know reporting has gotten better but like you can't (laughs) the nfl cannot be the police okay (laughs) it's just (laughs) I think I don't know if I need to say anything other than that. The NFL, hey, hey, you don't want the NFL to be the police. Don't let yeah. the NFL be it's the police. It's not going to end well. No, no. Like, if you want, my my thing is like, if you want there to be consequences, y'all can like make the consequences happen. Like the NFL is, you know, because we live in a like uh, a market society, the NFL and by that standard, all the teams in the NFL are beholden to their fans, right? They're beholden to their fans and they're beholden to their shareholders. So if people are like, there, what, what, what I'll say is there shouldn't be a need to suspend or expel players from, from the league for infractions that are not football related, Right. If you're in jail, obviously you can't play. In a, in a perfect world, you know, all of these offenses would be like when, you know, in a perfect world with a perfect criminal justice system, if someone does something like that, they're in jail and, and you know, they're prosecuted correctly, right? Yeah. If, like, and then they can't play football, right? They can't play football when they're in jail. If no. if when they get out of jail they want to play football, they should be able to try. They should be able to try. That doesn't mean that fans need to accept that person back, right? No. If, if they're a trash no, person, they that, exactly. That's the thing. It, like it doesn't. The NFL doesn't need to be a moral arbiter, nor should it be. 
Anyway. It's complicated, it, but any any doubt that Tyreek Hill isn't a piece of shit should be quelled right now. I I, I will say it, the the last the last thing I'll say on that subject, like fucking step off the soapbox, is this all like the argument against this is that this is necessary because the like the criminal justice system, especially in cases of abuse, like domestic and spousal abuse, is completely fucked. Uh, so like, you know, if if the police aren't going to do anything, like, should the NFL? And that's another question and one I'm not really prepared to answer because I'm kind of an idiot. Anyway, yes, Tyreek Hill, a total piece of shit. Yeah. Total piece of donkey poo. Yep. I'm trying to look for anything else that may... Uh, that was basically it. Like, last two weeks were basically just draft, draft, draft. Tyreek Hill's a shithead. Draft, 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 draft. Oh, please. Seriously. Tyreek Hill's a shithead. Yeah. Yes. Draft, draft, draft. Tyreek Hill's a shithead. This is... um. This is also like it's to be expected because draft season is is artificially shortened by you know hockey and basketball playoffs. So like that's yeah, that's where most of the news is. That's and honestly, that shit's fun. So you should definitely watch. Yeah, the yeah. Basketball playoffs. Listen, listen it's to the listen good. to the fucking Rockets and the Warriors whine about the refs. It's 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 great because I hope neither of them make the finals this year, even though they probably will. Oh well. Did you watch the um, insane game that happened last week between the um, uh, the Sharks and the Knights? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was at the at the bar. Um, I one of the. The craziest endings I've ever seen in a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Just, just sheer madness. Yeah, like that was that was that game was what makes hockey great. And if you don't like hockey, you're stupid. You don't have to watch hockey all the time, especially during the regular season. Oh, for sure. But playoff hockey is like god mode in terms of playoff watching it's so good hey, we, we should very, rank. You want to do a good you want to do a quick playoff ranking before we sign off. Okay, because uh, I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, because I think in 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 my in my mind, all right, in terms of sports playoffs uh, and how like fun they are, uh, I'm gonna put soccer at number one just because of the World Cup and how fucking dope that is. Because it's one game, it's one long game, right? Uh, you get out of the group stage and then it's single elimination and it's. It's perfect and and great and uh like the perfect amount of time also uh and like and, and there are you you know very infrequently uh the rules get in the way of of the game uh so that's that's my number one I think number two I think it's got to be hockey at number two uh for pretty much the reasons you've said um. And then I'm struggling with with basketball or football. I think it's got to be football, basketball, baseball. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't watch soccer at all. Uh, so I know. Going to yeah. Eliminate soccer. Um, for me, it's a very close matchup between hockey and football. Sure. The one, the one thing I like about football is like in hockey. Half the league makes it. Yeah, that's true. Half, like half the league in hockey is in the playoffs, so it it doesn't like teams getting there doesn't feel quite as special. Yeah, in football, it feels mu- everything feels a lot more tense because it's a single game elimination. Every game is an event, so I, for that sense, I actually think football playoffs are the best playoffs because of just how ridiculously tense it is. You also do get that every game playoff. is essentially game set, right? Exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of why I put uh, baseball and basketball so low. Is like I don't, you know, it, I get why you have to do a seven game series. I really do. Like I really, really do. But unless you super care about one of the teams that's playing, I don't know, man. Are you going to watch every yeah. game of that series? No. Definitely 
definitely not. The football is top. Hockey playoffs are probably second because hockey playoffs, despite having half the league in there and having a lot more games, so you get you do get more mismatched situations. It's still it. It always seems to go crazy. There's right. Always a ton of overtime games. It's always just like insane, crazy nonsense, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of fun watching hockey, even if the game isn't particularly good. Basketball would probably be my third pick, just because it can be just as fun as hockey, but you can also have series where like a team just steamrolls an eighth seed and it's not interesting to watch, or a game where the game is decided by 20 points for the entire period of the game, and it's just like, who cares? Right. Basketball is genuinely great when it's competitive. Hockey can still be fun even when it's not competitive. I think the reason that basketball is so tough for me, I I love watching basketball. I do. It also feels like there's a less chaos potential. In in hockey, it feels like even though the best teams are still generally going to make it to the top, it just feels like there's a – like this year is both – Number one seeds lost to number eight seeds. Right. The Flames and the Lightning, who had like the, one of the best seasons of all time, went down in the first round. In like, in horrific was, fashion. In in like, like in the case of the Lightning, chaos. are you kidding? It was hilarious. Like that shit rules. Like hockey's got an excellent chaos factor mm-hmm. that football probably only beats because it's single game elimination. Exactly. Right. Yes. And basketball so, will, will never have that because, like, when that happens, when you get those, like, close games, I, I don't know. I just I, – I brought this up before. Basketball I is fucking... so dominated by the superstars mm-hmm. that as long as you have superstars on a team with cohesion, they're just going to win. Right. Yep. Yep. Like, like this year, the only thing interesting about basketball is who's going to come out of the East. Yes. Because we know who's going to come out of the West. Right. It's it's interesting to watch like Portland versus Oklahoma and like all these other teams fight to get eliminated by but, the Warriors. Exactly, but, it's like, who like are that's the what's gonna happen. It's it's who who are the war who are gonna be the sacrifice to the Warriors and claim to have a good awesome season versus the East where it's actually like oh shit there's no LeBron any one of these teams could do it. It right. could be the Sixers. It could be the Celtics. It could be the Bucks. It could be the Raptors. Any one of these teams could do it. So that, I'll, I'll do that. Basketball, number three. And then baseball. I, I watch elimination games in the World Series mm-hmm. when it comes to baseball right. playoffs. Right. Baseball playoffs. One, we do have to mention that single game uh, wild card playoff game uh-huh. is so fucking dumb. Like, baseball is too fucking long. There are too many fucking games in a baseball season. But having an entire season come down to a single elimination game playoff is so dumb. Yes, it's true. It's very, very true. It's so dumb. At least give, if you're going to have a wild card team that is going to be in that situation, give them the dignity of a five games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's fucking wild. Just stupid. Baseball baseball is dumb. Mm-hmm. The la- the only t- the only baseball games I've watched over the past years were the games that were elimination threats. Uh-huh. That's all it was. If one team was on the verge of being eliminated, I would watch because I would want to see if the other team would celebrate because I like seeing the celebration. Sure. Other than that, I didn't care. If a team wasn't at risk of losing, I just didn't watch. I didn't give a shit. That's my playoff rankings. Yep. Yep. I, I can stick to that. I can stick to stick to mine, I think, for now. We'll see. There's probably a lot of confirmation or recency bias in, in this, though. But, you know, we'll see. Anyway. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to take a special moment. I, I did this on Twitter, but... I wanted I wanted to take during the draft they had the uh, Bills pick basically announced from the hospital by a guy named uh, Poncho Billa. You've seen if if you've watched the draft and stuff, you might see these crazy super fan people 
mm-hmm. that like dress up as like ridiculous amounts of gaudy stuff and then they, they give themselves silly names and this particular individual had cancer and he's he's in the hospital and he's dealing with stuff and the bills extended him the olive branch so that he could pick make the pick because he's not doing real well and it was pretty cool i i wanted to bring this up because i actually have talked with him oh before multiple times several years ago um some of my stuff he actually he was actually the impetus behind it like he reached out to me via twitter he had seen some of my work in some way he, he sent me an email and he's just like hey can you make me a picture and through him i learned about this whole like ridiculous super fan community of just like these people that if you see them all like on the sidelines all in their ridiculous get-ups they all know each other <laughs> Mm-hmm. they're all part of this group that he's like helped organize it's just like these super fans and he just asked me to draw like this picture of like all like six of them around a table playing poker oh like that one dogs playing yeah, poker yeah, yeah, picture. Yeah. i just i just did it as as these players and then he he loved it and he can't he's come back to me every year since for like four years now he's just like hey it's, it's that time again. I, I wanted to, like, surprise some of my friends. He's always asking for drawings of other people. He's never asking for drawings of himself. He did at the very first time. That was the only time he ever asked for something. But it's always for other people. And he tells me their stories. And, like, this post recent time, like, he's just like, hey, you might have heard I'm not doing real well. I was just hoping for this one picture of this one fan. A fan who I ended up seeing on the TV. I had drawn her a couple months ago. And I, I just wasn't that dude, Pancho Billa, his name's Ezra, and he is like the nicest guy I've interacted with for any sort of commission. I get a lot of dumb, stupid commission requests. It's just like, hey, bro, draw me this. And that's it. But I get plenty of nice people, but usually it's it's one off situations. He's the only one who's always come back. He's always been super nice and complimentary, even when he wants me to change something. And. It's. I really hope he makes it. It doesn't look great for him, but I wanted to give him a shout. He is a really cool dude, and all all love to Pancho. Uh, Stay strong. Stay strong, dude. So that's that's the podcast for this week. We'll we'll end on that note. Sam. Yeah. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Sam Grazeses, S-A-M-G-R-E-S-Z-E-S-E-S-E-S, and on Twitch and Instagram at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Dave? I'm Droplet Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Droplet Dave, or on Facebook at the Droplet Comic, on Instagram at Droplet Dave, and of course, on thedroplet.com. Thank you for listening. I hope to God we're here next week, but, you know, shit comes up, if not week after that. We'll be around. It's the off-season. We'll probably find some guests for some bullshit episodes. Maybe we'll just talk about Game of Thrones for an hour. Yeah! See you next week! Hey, Mike. What are you doing? I was just thinking about this idea for a Hook sequel with way more alcoholism and PTSD. Hey, what if we made a sequel to Space Jam, where instead of Michael Jordan playing basketball, they play Quidditch and it's with Daniel Radcliffe? What about A Bug's Life 2, but it's a heist? Or a sequel to Good Burger, where Kel is an heir to an inheritance, and he has a long-lost twin who is also played by Kel Mitchell. Also, Groundhog's Day, what if- Hold on, Madison. Why don't we put these pitches for movies that never got sequels or prequels on our podcast, The Equalizers? Oh, you mean the one we release every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all other places podcasts are found? Yeah, that one. Ooh, and maybe sometimes we have some of our writer friends on as well to hear their wild ideas for sequels or prequels. Okay, but can you promise me no sequels with body horror, communist themes, or talk about John C. Riley's penis? I can't, and I won't. Great. Well, my Monday morning just got pretty fucking weird. All of ours have, Madison. All of ours have. Find the Equalizers podcast everywhere podcasts are found, as well on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching The Equalizers. That's E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like in sequel. Hi, I'm Sophie Lesnin Redacted. I'm Mara Sunshine. 
If you're like us, you grew up in the 90s and are now sad, sad adults. And that's okay. There's a lot to be sad about in today's world. If you've been paying attention at all, you know that the world is in a tight spot right now. And two people working 45 minutes once a week can't change that. So we took that time and started a Sailor Moon podcast. Join us every Friday as we combat that creeping sense of dread we all feel in our hearts by recapping our favorite magical girl anime. Because hey, the world sucks. But Sailor Moon's a cool show. 